Hello, and welcome to American Focus, powered by The Center Square. I'm Dan McCaleb, executive editor of The Center Square Newswire Service. Joining me again today is Casey Harper, The Center Square's Washington, D.C. bureau chief. Democrats in the House this week reintroduced the Green New Deal, Casey, a plan that would spend trillions of taxpayer dollars on climate change initiatives. What's in the plan, and what are its prospects for passing? Green New Deal. Well, I'll use the words of the face of the Green New Deal, Representative Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. She called it enormous. It's kind of interesting to call your own legislation enormous, but the price tag is definitely enormous. As you hinted at, it could cost as much as $93 trillion over 10 years. You know, so a $93 trillion enormous bill, there's no way we could, you know, go through everything. But just top line, what this does is it takes what, you know, a lot of Democrats see as a, an inevitable green energy, renewable energy future. And it just, it rips it from the future into present day, you know, at, at, at a huge, you know, price tag. And so some of the things are like building electric vehicle charging things just all around the country, right? So you imagine like the electric vehicle equivalent of um, gas stations, just enough to make it normative around the country instead of, I mean, so there are here, but you know, we live, both, both you and I live in, you know, some of the largest cities in the country, more rural areas, things like that aren't, aren't going to have that. Smaller cities aren't going to have it. So creating a energy um, in, creating an infrastructure for um, electric vehicles is going to be is a, a major part of of what this plan's about and that's you know part of why it's so expensive and you can imagine the cost of I mean what it would cost to try to build you know electric gas stations basically all around the country so that's a big one there's a big emphasis on union jobs I mean they uh, th- this is really a economic justice plan not just an environmental justice plan is how they, how they talk about it um so you know she she cited the number of 20 million union jobs i mean i think we know from past experience when lawmakers talk about how many jobs something will create you know you can take it with a grain of salt you know you probably remember the shovel ready jobs so I, I don't put too much weight on on when it's such a large number of jobs who really knows but the emphasis is they are going to be union jobs they want you know people to be to be really well paid they want this to kind of to use this green energy revolution and make it a, an economic revolution where, where they try to bolster the middle class and things like that. And then just big investments in mass transit. I mean, if you think about a post-fossil fuel world, which is the way that a lot of these more liberal Democrats think, uh, what, what is the world that we would have to create if there were no more combustible engine cars? It's like, well, we need thousands of uh, electric vehicle, vehicle gas stations and we need the best public transit you know, that we can get so people don't have to own cars. So some of those are some of the things uh, that are included in this and, you know, tens of million, tens of trillions of dollars. Uh, it kind of is based on the assumption of the end of oil and gas and the um, introduction of this renewable energy only future. Let's focus on the cost here for a second. The conservative American Action Forum and Forum, excuse me, estimates that it would cost between fifty-one trillion dollars and ninety-three trillion dollars over ten years. Let's just assume it's the low end, fifty-one trillion dollars over ten years. That's five point one trillion dollars in new spending every year. The government, the federal government, already is operating on a massive budget deficit year in and year out. The national debt. Is what it's is it has it hit thirty two trillion dollars yet? It's no, but it's about thirty one and a half. About I think thirty one and a half trillion dollars. So if you increase the federal budget by more than five trillion dollars a year, you're either taking on massive more debt or you're having to raise taxes. A lot, <laughs> a lot of taxes. I mean, you think about you put it this way that the national deficit right now, you know, it's somewhere around two trillion dollars a year. So if you add on an extra 
if you don't raise taxes to pay for this, you're going to be more than doubling the deficit over the next 10 years. Right. So you go from $2 trillion deficit to something like a $7 trillion deficit, which is unheard of, unprecedented territory. So you really do have to raise taxes for something like this, I think, which of course has its own issues. Um, and even if they do raise taxes, they won't raise it enough to pay. There still will be some debt going along with it. So it's very, very expensive. Now you did point out this is a right leaning, um, group that created these estimates, but they've been really, you know, cited by some pretty reputable people. They're not just a total right wing Republican farm or something. So. I know you talked to some critics for this story. You talked to some lawmakers of Power of the Future and Energy Workers Advocacy Group. What are they saying? Yeah, I mean, they're just, well, one, the the, the cost of energy right now is just so um, high. It's risen a lot under the Biden administration. Gas prices are on the rise right now. So the way it impacts, you know, our listeners right now is you could expect your energy costs to really rise. You know, electric vehicles we know are, are more expensive than you're going to buy a new electric vehicle or you're going to buy like a, a 2010 Toyota. It's not really a comparison or 2015 Toyota or something. So it's going to be a lot more expensive for, for Americans. And the other thing is big criticism is just the technology is not there, uh, that you can't rush this. Like maybe in an ideal world, we would all have, you know, solar panels on on our backpacks or something that would power, you know, store up and power our homes. But you don't want to take away all the oil and gas before you get the technology to replace it. Right. And if you're really zealous, which I think there is some good hearted zeal on this issue, but you know, zeal without knowledge is not good. And, and so that if you, uh, just rip out from under the American economy, the oil and gas, the natural gas, which is actually really clean, um, pretty clean burning, like blocking these pipelines and things. But you don't have the um, replacement for it yet. I mean, solar energy is just not there yet. The wind farms are not reliable. They they do they have their own environmental issues with birds and and things like that. And the military, the uh, uh, we we also wrote a story this week at the centersquare.com that the Air Force and other branches of the military are pushing back on the wind farm agenda that Biden's pushing uh, to put build wind farms off the east coast of the United States, saying it would uh, affect their military preparedness. But that's another matter. I'm sorry for the side sidebar there. Um, no, it's, it's interesting for sure. And what is in terms of the number of cars on the roads across America, like that, something like. Five percent of all vehicles are electric vehicles right now. Yeah, I mean it's a very low number. The cars are very expensive, um, and it's interesting. the The latest polling right now shows that Americans are less concerned about environmental issues um, than they were, you know, in a year in the last year or two. So Americans are getting, you know, less worried about it. I think that there was a concern that spiked when Trump took office that Trump wasn't going to consider the environment, but now people's um, fear about the environment is going down. There's also other environmental regulations, you know, the um, the waters of the United States rule. There's a big battle over that right now, which basically give the Biden administration broad um, control over waterways, even small streams and, and creeks uh, could be under federal control. Farmers are really concerned about this and about the regulatory burden. The federal, basically their argument is, hey, the federal government can't just issue an order that they control all the water, which, you know, kind of, uh, you can kind of see their concern there. So there's a lot of environmental um, and energy, you know, that is one of the main issues right now. Energy prices are rising. Trillions of proposed spending on these environmental um, things, projects, real concerns about solar and wind, of course, real concerns about oil and gas and climate change. Uh, so this is one of those issues that you know, I'm sure we keep talking about, but it's not going away. We're going to be talking about this years and years to come because it's really complicated and, and we can't, you know, we need the energy. So we're not going to get away from it without a solution. Well, we're almost out of time here, Casey, but let me ask you one very real question. As you mentioned, AOC, a very progressive Democrat, introduced this in the U.S. House, which is controlled by Republicans. Does this have any chance of getting out of the House? Uh, no. And you've seen critics say, 
Oh, it's interesting how it seems like the uh, more liberal Democrats push this much more when they don't have the majority. But when they had, you know, control, uh, you didn't hear much about it. But now that it can be a messaging bill when they know that they don't have the votes to pass it, you know, here we are talking about it. But that's reading some motives into it. But no, it doesn't have any chance of passing right now. Thank you for your insights. Casey, listeners can keep up with this story and more at thecentersquare.com. For Casey Harper, I'm Dan McCaleb. Please subscribe and thanks for listening. listening.